Last Sunday, Greg was gracious enough to let me have the weekend off for Labor Day. Liz and I went to visit our best friends, kind of our second bubble. For several years now, we have engaged in a pretty serious dominoes game. Here's how it goes. We usually begin on New Year's, my birthday, and play a running game through Memorial Day. Whenever we get together, we play the game. The loser, as of Memorial Day, must cook for the meal, cook a big meal for the group by the 4th of July. Then we start over, and we play until Thanksgiving. The loser of that half has to cook for the group before the end of the year. It is quite a contest. And we've all taken turns winning and losing. Usually, they try very hard to beat me because they think I'm the best cook. But we've all got our specialties, and they are all delicious. (laughs) Anyway, whenever the four of us are together, we are able to really relax and enjoy the food and the company and the dominoes. However, as is the case among good friends sometimes, the language can get a little colorful. But in fact, we are fierce friends and allies. We've been through a lot together, and I'm sure we will always be present for each other as we continue on our journey. But all's fair in love and dominoes. And so the colorful epithets can fly from time to time. At one point Sunday evening, we had been talking politics, as we sometimes do. We talked about being challenged for any number of things by people of differing opinions. I piped up that I had made up my mind to respond to anyone who might challenge me on my gender or sexuality or religion or haircut with, and you are a beloved child of God. I was half joking at the time, but the more I thought about it, the more I came to realize it was perhaps the best response I could come up with to anyone who might challenge me about anything. Because more and more, that's what I really feel even for those who might seek to denigrate me or with whom I might disagree. In today's epistle reading, James talks about the power of the tongue. He likens it to a bit and bridle in the mouth of a horse or a rudder on a ship. As tiny as our tongue is compared to the rest of our bodies, it carries great power for good or evil. On Tuesday, my friend the Reverend Michael McCain referred to Twitter as the new tongue. And it's tragic how cruel and heartless people become when they can post words without facing someone and then turn right around and quote scripture or ask for prayers. This is not a new thing. James knew it too. 
With the tongue we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. Even the disciples' tongues got them in trouble. In today's gospel, Peter, our beloved, impetuous Peter, had the temerity to rebuke Jesus, to tell him he shouldn't be talking about being killed and dying and rising again. Oh, Peter, will you never understand? Have you not been listening? Your mind is on human things, not divine things. And the divine thing is right here in front of you right now. Peter had just identified Jesus as the Messiah. But he hadn't really heard Jesus' meaning in his words. We do that too. We resist the divine. The ways that God reaches out to us every day. In the coming days, I invite you to reflect on those who have been the presence of God to you and to welcome that presence and then reflect God's presence onto someone else. For over 40 years, we've been living with the 24-hour news cycle. Did you realize that? Ted Turner, way back in the 80s. Apparently, on some channels, there is never anything but breaking news. We're inundated with news and articles and talk and podcasts. How do we avoid being swallowed up in it? Some people just turn the news off. Others try to limit their intake. I'm of the mind that we have to know a little bit of what's going on, especially the bad stuff in order to be ready to combat it. It's increasingly hard to stay above the fray. The bad news, the violence, dissension, fear-mongering, alternative facts, confusion, never-ending. What can we do? We can make sure that we take the time to listen to a different message. We can return to the one good tongue, the good news of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus, the Messiah, came to us so that we would know that we are all beloved of God. He came among us to teach us to live and to love one another. He came among us and lived as we live and suffered as we suffer and died as we will die, so that we might know and believe that we are not alone in our living and our suffering and our dying. He came to show us how to bear our crosses, those we make, our failings, our responsibilities, our choices, and even those crosses thrust upon us, hurts caused by those we love, physical or sexual abuse, discrimination, pain. 
He came that we might know grace and redemption freely given by God. God gave us all the power to speak. He gave us all tongues for better or for worse. Sometimes it's so tempting to return harshness or vitriol or bitterness with equal harshness or vitriol or bitterness. But we must always remember words matter. We have answered Jesus' question, who do you say that I am? We believe and profess that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. We believe that all God's children matter, no matter where they come from or what they look like or where they've been or even who they vote for. We can speak that one good tongue. We can push back on the noise and the dissension and the hate. Bless people. Thank people. Tell them you love them. Remind them that they are, in fact, beloved children of God. Amen.